This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Nearly 100 people have died from a record-breaking heat wave in the northwestern state of Oregon. Further north, the situation was even worse, as the Canadian town of Lytton in British Columbia was wiped off the map as it literally burned to the ground from wildfires sparked by lightning strikes and fueled by temperatures reaching 121 degrees Fahrenheit. Amid these deadly confirmations of climate change, the UK-based investigative media outlet Greenpeace Unearthed published shocking revelations of how the world's biggest fossil fuel company, ExxonMobil, pulls the strings of the U.S. government to ensure no serious action on combating climate change. My guest is Colin Reese, senior campaigner with Oil Change International. Welcome to the program, Colin. Thank you, Sonali. It's so great to be here. In a few moments, I'll play the a short clip of some of the interviews that Greenpeace Unearthed did that was part of their investigation. But essentially, they interviewed two Exxon lobbyists uh, under the guise of interviewing them for jobs, got them to basically spill the beans, you know, b- as if they were boasting to a prospective employer about what they did for Exxon that they could do for a prospective employer. Um, You've been in this business a very long time. Colin, how did you respond? Were you surprised by what you saw these two men, uh, Keith McCoy and Dan Easley, uh, admit on camera? I think it was surprising to see it openly admitted, to see them uh, even so proud of it. I think there has for a long time been this understanding that we know Exxon is not Uh, a friend of the climate movement. We know Exxon is not working to combat climate change. We know Exxon has a long, decades-long history of deceit and denial and blocking climate action. Uh, But I think so much of their existence is predicated on on this PR scheme, on this public idea that, oh, we're not doing any of those things. This isn't our fault. Uh, And so I think to see the mask drop so suddenly and to see them so openly talking about how they've blocked climate action how they do it in ways that are just barely legal, how they are so thankful for these tax breaks that the Trump administration gave them, for instance. I think it was uh, momentarily shocking. Again, as you said, I've done this for a long time and uh, not much surprises me, but I think this was a pretty blatant admission of, of guilt and of uh, exactly how they are going about blocking the climate action we so desperately need. I confess I was very shocked. Um, the investigation did get uh, some good news coverage, but uh, frankly, I think it should have gotten a lot more, should have been front page news for days on end. Let's actually uh, watch a short clip of the video that Greenpeace Unearthed created uh, with some of the clips of interviews they did with these two Exxon lobbyists. You know, the, the winds are such that it would be difficult to, to, to categorize them all. Did we join some of these shadow groups uh, to work against uh, some of the early efforts? Yes, that's true. Uh, but there's nothing, there's nothing illegal about that. This is Keith McCoy, one of ExxonMobil's top Capitol Hill lobbyists. And this is Dan Easley. Until February this year, he was Exxon's leading White House lobbyist unearthed, posed as recruitment consultants, and told them we had a client who admired their work. Then we interviewed them on Zoom and asked them to tell us what they and the other lobbyists at Exxon have been up to. ExxonMobil is so powerful that the management suite at its global headquarters is known as 
the God Pod. Until recently, it was the biggest, richest corporation in the history of the world. For decades, critics have claimed Exxon deploys cynical, aggressive lobbying techniques to pull the strings of government while running clandestine campaigns to block action on climate change, discredit its opponents, and distract attention from its polluting activities. But not one of its serving senior executives has ever come clean about the Exxon playbook until now. That is a short excerpt of the Greenpeace unearthed investigation that was just published about what Exxon and its lobbyists have been doing for years. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, representative from New York, responded to this investigation. And Colin, one of the things that you pointed out that was really important was that this investigation reveals something that is in the motion right now. The Biden administration, with this infrastructure bill that it's trying to pass, which which has a lot of issues around climate change and combating climate change. It's in the works right now. They're trying to pass it. And Exxon is busy, busy, busy behind the scenes in ways that we might have heard about in 10 years, five years, 10 years. But it's remarkable that we are hearing about it as it's happening. So give us a sense of what you found out, um, just as one example of how Exxon impacts legislation. What are they doing on this infrastructure bill? So Exxon is deeply involved in ensuring that the infrastructure bill is woefully insufficient to uh, meet the needs of the climate crisis to actually follow President Biden's desire to combat the climate crisis. And I think this is, as Repercasio Cortez mentioned, such a shocking indictment of what Exxon is doing. I think many of us think about Exxon as, uh, in some ways, a former superpower or somebody whose influence has perhaps waned a bit as public opinion has turned against Exxon and Chevron and BP and the other oil majors. But I think this is exactly right. It's critical to recognize that uh, right now, Exxon is one of the biggest players on Capitol Hill, shaping the future of our energy policy. And so I think to see that in real time, to see uh, the lobbyists viewed in the size, the importance of the tax breaks and the fossil fuel subsidies that they are trying to maintain through this infrastructure package, uh, to hear them talk about the importance of positioning natural gas as a clean energy, uh, as a clean fuel of the future. I think those are the things that those two pieces stuck out to me perhaps the most as uh, Exxon is actively tampering with our legislation right now, actively sending dozens and dozens of lobbyists to the Capitol uh, to ensure that we do not combat the climate crisis, to ensure that their business model can continue wrecking the planet uh, for decades to come. So I think it's subsidies, uh, positioning natural gas as a clean energy future, uh, as a as a clean energy and a fuel of the future, uh, and then of course the the bit about a carbon tax and about how a carbon tax and their support for it uh, has been nothing but a sham. So let's watch another short clip of a video of Keith McCoy, who is one of the Greenpeace, or rather Exxon lobbyists, uh, naming the names of senators who are in Exxon's pocket. He doesn't quite put it that way. And this, of course, has a bearing on the infrastructure bill. And it's not Republicans. And there's a few Republicans. There's a lot of Democrats. Here is, uh, again, Greenpeace Unearthed's investigation. We're playing defense because the, President Biden's talking about this big infrastructure package, and he's going to pay for it by increasing corporate taxes. You stick the highways and bridges, then a lot of the, the negative stuff starts to come out because right. for you guys, because there's it's, there's a germaneness, right? There's this it, it, that doesn't make any sense for a highway bill. Why why would you put in 
why would you put in a uh, uh, something on uh, uh, emissions reductions on climate change uh, to oil refineries in a highway bill? Who's the crucial guys for you? Well, Senator Capito, who's the ranking member on Environment and Public Works, Joe Manchin, I talk to his office every week, and he is the kingmaker uh, on this because he's a Democrat from West Virginia, which is a very conservative state, and, and he's not shy about s- sort of staking his claim early yeah. and completely changing the debate. So on the Democrat side, we look for the moderates on these issues. So it's the Manchins, it's the cinemas, it's the testers. Exxon is even trying to get through to President Biden through his friend, Senator Chris Coons. Other ones that are talking about is Senator Coons, who's from Delaware, who has a very close relationship with Senator Biden. So we've been working with his office. Matter of fact, our CEO is talking to him next Tuesday. Then you, you take it out a little bit more and you say, OK, well, who's up for re-election in 2022? That's Hassan. That's Kelly. And then obviously the Republicans. We have a great relationship with the senators where we have assets. And that is Keith McCoy, Exxon lobbyist, talking about senators as assets. Um, he didn't even get to the Republicans. We didn't get to play that part of it. Uh, but of course, Joe Manchin, Kristen Cinema, Chris Coons, uh, Margaret uh, uh, Hassan, all of these, incre- you know, these de- so-called moderate Democrats are in the pocket of Exxon. Colin Reese, this is, isn't it important to explain to the public that this is Exxon pulling the strings of our government, essentially controlling and setting the legislative agenda that didn't come out in the mainstream media headlines about this. I think that's exactly right, Sonali. I think it's, uh, frankly, in the year 2021, criminal uh, to be taking your cues on climate policy from ExxonMobil, from the people who have driven this crisis for decades, centuries, from the oil industry who is actively trying to block action. I think the fact that, uh, yeah, I think this is unfortunately something we might expect from somebody like Joe Manchin, but to see names like Maggie Hassan, Chris Coons, these senators who say that they are for climate action and then taking Exxon's money, meeting with Exxon's lobbyists, doing Exxon's bidding uh, in the course of our legislative work, I think it's I think it's absolutely damning. And I think it's something that they need to hear pressure about. We need to be ensuring that these senators are not meeting with Exxon's lobbyists, that they're not taking Exxon's money or money from their lobbyists. Uh, and we need to make sure that they are on board with real solutions. I think one of the key tests for me of whether these Democrats are going to stand with the people or with polluters uh, is whether they're going to repeal fossil fuel subsidies in this infrastructure bill, whether they're going to invest the level that we know we need to meet the climate crisis. I think we've now seen a peek behind the curtain. We've seen what Exxon is trying to do, but I don't think, as we've talked about, this is not yet fully determined. Uh, There is still a chance to do the right thing here and for Democrats to stand up and stand with people, not with polluters, and pass a real infrastructure bill that starts to wind down the fossil fuel industry, remove some of their political power so that we can't see stuff like this happening again and again and again like we have for so long. The CEO of Exxon, Darren Woods, of course, is in damage control. And it's interesting to see their response to this Greenpeace unearthed investigation. It's almost like they are engaging in the same kind of deception that they do when they claim to be on uh, the team of those of us combating climate change. Uh, They are throwing these lobbyists under the bus. They're basically uh, saying that a current and former member of our government affairs team, this is what Darren Wood said, was secretly recorded making disturbing and inaccurate comments about our positions on a variety of issues, including climate 
climate change policy and our interaction with elected officials. How do you respond to those? I I found that um, kind of response statement to be particularly funny, as you mentioned, knowing the history of Exxon's deceptions and, and lies on, on so many issues. I think I found it particularly interesting that the CEO started off by saying these were inaccurate and disturbing statements and then proceeded to talk about their support for carbon tax to say not to not talk about uh, he didn't specifically name anything that was inaccurate or why it was disturbing or inaccurate. He, in fact, did not refute anything that the lobbyists had said. Uh, what what we heard the lobbyists say in the video was, oh, well, of course, we at Exxon support a carbon tax only because we think it's never going to happen. And then his statement says, oh, of course, we support a carbon tax. It's it's not actually directly refuting anything that was said. And so I think that that kind of sleight of hand, that shifting of topics and distraction from the real issues is really core to Exxon's denial machine uh, and the denial machine of so many in the fossil fuel industry. So let's talk about this issue of a carbon tax. What is it that uh, Exxon says to the public in terms of its support for the carbon tax? And what did its lobbyists reveal to Greenpeace Unearth about Exxon's real position on this issue? Yeah, so what we've heard from Exxon for so long and from uh, quite a number of oil majors, we've seen a lot of people uh, pretend to have seen the light on climate change over the last several years and the last couple decades uh, and come out in favor of a, a carbon tax. And very often that's in exchange for um, something that would be absolutely devastating for the climate, like a removal of all EPA regulations on power plants, for instance. So it's almost always presented as this trade of uh, institute this common sense, uh, simple carbon tax, and then stop bothering us on all the other fronts, and then the climate will be saved. We know that's not the case. Uh, we know that's not going to happen. We know that's going to harm our most vulnerable community members and environmental justice community members first and worst. Uh, so even even what Exxon has been saying publicly, I think is very easy to refute, but what the lobbyists said uh, in, the, in the videos from Greenpeace Unearth teamed uh, was even more damning. I think they said, uh, we don't, we only support a carbon tax because we know that it will never happen. Uh, it's a, they specifically said, it's a way for us to look good, to look like we care about climate change, but it's never have to face the consequences. It's a non-starter. That was the words he used. It's a non-starter. Oh, it's just so devious. He said it's a non-starter. Specifically, they are uh, promoting it because they know it will get them good press, but they know that it will literally never come to pass, which is what they said. Right. They said they will. nobody will ever put a, a tax on every American for carbon. Uh, and so that's, one of, that's the only reason they support it is because they know that it will never come to pass and that they can continue their business model. In the meantime, they can be lobbying for tax breaks behind the scenes and all these other things that they really want when they don't want a carbon tax. Uh, and I think that was just... Uh, really pulling back the, back the curtain to expose that was one of the most uh, shocking pieces of this video to me. It's called greenwashing, right? That's what uh, climate uh, change uh, organizers around working on the issue of climate change have called the kind of PR moves that uh, these companies use in order to cast themselves as fighters on the front lines uh, for climate uh, um, justice. Uh, so the other aspect of this whole story is that Exxon, up until recently, was the most profitable corporation in the world in general. I mean, not even just among fossil fuel companies. Another of the lobbyists, Dan Easley, told Greenpeace Unearthed about the great wins that they had, the company had under Donald Trump. 
chief of which was the tax reform bill. You know, we think about the tax reform bill of 2017 as a purely sort of economic justice issue, but it actually ended up being a climate change issue because Exxon had a massive windfall in profits, right? Um, this guy just goes about talking about how um, the Trump administration was so favorable, so predisposed to being in favor of Exxon, right? Absolutely. That was uh, just an incredible admission that Exxon is clearly on the side of Trump and so clearly not on the side of, of addressing climate change or climate justice. I think at one point he even talked about uh, he didn't know if they could survive these four years, implying that they're going to work as hard as they can to get rid of President Biden and institute a Trump or a Trump acolyte instead. Uh, but I think, yeah, specifically his admission that Exxon benefited massively from this tax Tax Cuts Act that the GOP and Trump pushed through in 2017 uh, was not particularly shocking. We knew, of course, that it was a massive giveaway to the fossil fuel industry. And I think it's important to recognize that one of the things that he talked about was the massive uh, benefit that Exxon gained just from the corporate tax cut, uh, which was one of the biggest pieces of the bill. Uh, it slashed taxes on corporations across the board. And so that benefited Exxon in a huge way. Uh, but they also mentioned special tax treatment. And I think it's important to recognize that the Tax Cuts and Job Act also benefited the fossil fuel industry specifically in a number of different ways. And billions and billions more in yearly uh, subsidies to the fossil fuel industry were implemented through that, that act. So I think one of the most critical things that we can be doing right now is pushing for an infrastructure bill that does meet our needs, uh, that does restore tax rates to what they should be in corporations that closes these industry loopholes that the fossil fuel industry is exploiting uh, and that gets us the, the solutions that we need and the levels of investment that we need to confront the climate crisis. Tell me more about uh, the God pod, as it's called, this, pl this, this place where Exxon wields secret political power in our government. I mean, Trump came to power talking about wanting to drain the swamp, and he ended up basically fueling the swamp, filling it to the brim, digging new swamps. I don't know what other analogies we can use. And the Biden administration, you know, doesn't seem to be obviously as bad as Trump. He, they didn't appoint a former Hickson CEO to be uh, to a high level uh, position of government as, as Trump did with Rex Tillerson. Um, but it still doesn't seem to be an appetite to undermine the power that these corporate lobbyists have over our democracy, over our legislative agenda. I think that's exactly right. I think for so long, we have seen just such a small group of almost entirely white and men uh, in control of our economy and in control of uh, the oil sector, for instance, which is such a huge part of our economy and so relevant to, to the climate crisis. They have driven the climate crisis for decades. They have lied about the impacts of their products. They have delayed progress and blocked climate action as they continue to do today. Uh, and I think it is so important to recognize that this is happening solely for the profits of this very small group of people. I think you named it when you said Rex Tillerson, uh, who became Secretary of State under President Trump, was just such a perfect example of this as the former CEO of Exxon. I think some of the some of the names in that in that God pod in Exxon's top leadership are not necessarily household names. I think they should be, frankly. I think we need to be, these people should be on the 10 a.m. nightly news as Americans most wanted uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, but I think it is an indictment of our political system. Of course, none of this is a surprise. Uh, I think we know that our system has been captured for a long time by special interests. 
but it's a window into how much that is ongoing and how much change is desperately needed uh, and how much we need reforms like the End Polluter Welfare Act, which ends fossil fuel subsidies and would kill the industry's political power in lots of different ways. Uh, in ways in which we need things like the no fossil fuel money pledge for politicians to stop taking money and corporate contributions from Exxon and from its lobbyists and from uh, its C-suite executives. Uh, and we need, of course, reform like the For the People Act uh, and other acts to ensure that we actually have a functional democracy and we can vote in people who will deal with this problem rather than, of course, uh, the GOP and Trump who are very happy to entrench this system or Democrats who are kind of wishy-washy are still meeting with Exxon all the time aren't really committed to standing with people over polluters. So I think it's, it points to the need to increase public pressure massively to use this critical window that we have to pass transformative legislation that will allow us to continue this struggle for a long time to come. And of course, as, as mentioned, for a, a wholesale rethink of how our economy and our democracy functions. Colin, give out a website for Oil Change International. Sure thing. We're at priceofoil.org. And we'll post a link to that from our website. Thank you so much for joining us. Good luck to you. Thank you, Sonali. It was great to be here. Colin Reese is senior campaigner at Oil Change International. We've been discussing the new investigation by Greenpeace Unearthed into ExxonMobil's dirty tricks. We'll also post a link to that investigation at risingupwithsonali.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and watch all of our video interviews. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Are You With Sonali.